0: What a presentation of the gospel that they'll never forget and neither will you, I hope. Um, It it doesn't even require my comments. Um, That was awesome. We have... um, been in a series in the book of Romans for uh, oh my thirty four weeks now I think thirty two weeks or something and um I struggled with this morning knowing that there would be a lot of visitors here from differing churches as to this message and really speaking it this morning because it Um, It deals with subject matter um, that in all reality affects a lot of Christians. Um, And division, uh, a lack of unity, has always been a problem in every New Testament local church. And the reason I know that is because Paul wrote in the, to the church in Corinth, um, they were divided over their leaders. In fact, they sued each other over that very subject matter in that church. Um, the Galatian church, it states were bittered, and devoured each other. Um, The church in Philippi had two women so much at odds with each other that Paul mentioned it in his letter to that church. Um, Ephesians and Colossians, those two, were reminded that they needed to have unity. And the majority of this division stemmed from the Jews' beliefs of the law versus grace for salvation. They carried that into the church. Um, they were saved out of a legalistic background. And it This division primarily was caused by these Christians in these differing churches forcing their convictions on others concerning, in the passage that we'll read from Romans 14, it was concerning diet and holy days, which was things that they had brought from Old Testament law um, uh, into the church and was trying to enforce that on these Christians that had been saved by trusting Christ. Um, Unfortunately, uh, we have those same issues today with many of gray areas, um, questionable areas, uh, which the Bible gives no clear word. And in our passage today... From Romans 14, Paul gives us guidance on how believers can disagree on non-essentials. And there is a group of of essential beliefs. The death, burial, and resurrection. Salvation by grace. The blood of Christ. Um, Martin Luther defined them as the five solas. That these are things that you must believe. And... So, but we're not talking about those, we're talking about non-essentials, and and yet you can still maintain unity in the church. I want to read this passage, It's, it's long, it's 13 verses long, but I want you to read it for yourself. This is the title of this series that we've been in through the book of Romans, read it for yourself, and today's message is titled... Principles pertaining to preferences. Romans 14, 1 through 13. Receive one who is weak in the faith, but not to disputes over doubtful things. For one believes he may eat all things, but he who is weak eats only vegetables. Let not him who eats despise him who does not eat. And let not him who does not eat judge him who eats. For God has received him. Who are you to judge? Another's servant. To his own master he stands or falls. Indeed, he will be made to stand, for God is able to make him stand. One person esteems one day above another. And another esteems every day alike. Each, let each be fully convinced in his own mind. He who observes the day observes it to the Lord. And he who does not observe the day to the Lord, he does not observe it. He who eats, eats to the Lord, for he gives God thanks. And he who does not eat to the Lord, he does not eat and give God thanks. For none of us lives to himself, and no one dies to himself. For we live, we live to the Lord, and if we die, we die to the Lord. Therefore, whether we live or die, we are the Lord's. For to this end, Christ arose, er, died and rose and lived again, that he might the, be Lord of both the dead and the living. But why do you judge your brother? Hmm. Or why do you show contempt for your brother? For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. For it is written, as I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow. And who to whom it, 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 it states, for every knee shall bow, not to me, but to the Lord. And every tongue shall confess to God, So then each of us shall give an account of himself to God. Therefore, let us not judge one another anymore, but rather resolve this, not to put a stumbling block or a cause to fall in our brother's way. God bless the reading of your word, the teaching and preaching this morning, and may each one here receive it and the Holy Spirit reign in the hearts of all in this room. Father God, I'd rather not be here this morning without your power and the Holy Spirit taking the word of God and speaking it into the hearts of each one in this room. I pray that not only do we hear the word and receive the word, but we believe the word and respond accordingly. In Christ's name, amen. Paul just give us three principles to consider relative to questionable matters. The first is conviction. One might also define conviction um, as preference. What you believe is your preference. There are extreme viewpoints about this passage of Scripture and about matters of gray areas which can be defined as questionable or preference. I, being raised in a legalistic extreme of standards, understand where each side stands on this issue and why. One must, in order to understand, though, um, be willing to separate what the Bible can clearly defines and what the Bible does not clearly define in their own mind. It, it sounds simple. I mean, yeah, we, what, here's what the Bible says. and here, uh, But many reduce the Christian life. Many Christians reduced the Christian life to a series of negatives and rules of do's and don'ts. If you do this, you're a good Christian. If you don't do this, you're not a good Christian. They have all these rules. And they would have us to believe if you followed those rules, you are a spiritual person even though... You may be one that destroys folks with your tongue. You may be one that treats people badly. You may be one that has never witnessed to anyone about the gospel and your salvation. And yet, if you keep their rules, then you can be defined as a good Christian. In this passage, the topics in the church at Rome were obviously Food, the, the meat, maybe pork because of the way the Jews were raised. It's not defined, it just says eat and talks about that. And the other topic was holy days. As you know, the Jewish customs, they had many holy days from, from the Passover and, and all the different feasts where they celebrated their tradition. And yet we know the law was done away with as a result of our studies through the book of Romans, because Christ came and brought grace, so that we didn't have to live under the law in order to receive our salvation. Current day topics range from a wide array, and you'll, you'll smile, you'll, you'll, you, you may even giggle, but they range from topics of smoking, alcohol, playing cards, tattoos, attending movies, Long hair on men was very prevalent in my day, and short hair on women was taboo. Uh, uh, You know, makeup and women that wear slacks instead of dresses. And I could go on and on and on, but you can associate and get my drift when I talk about areas of gray matters or personal conviction. Most of these strong personal convictions have a, the, the folks that carry those strong personal convictions um, have a touch not, taste not, and handle not ideology. And they rejoice in salvation by grace and deliverance from the Mosaic law, and yet they have these preferences that they prefer that folks live by. They become self-centered if you don't live by their standards. They become critical of other Christians and very proud because they do live by their standards. These are the ones, and I quote, that Paul described as the weaker brethren in this passage, if you read it. At verse 1, receive one who is weak in the faith, but not to disputes over doubtful things. For one believes he may eat all things, but he who is weak eats, eats only vegetables. He's saying that the ones with these convictions and personal standards of the Eating under the Jewish law was the weaker Christian. And it it, it, it kind of takes you, you know, by surprise when when you think from that perspective. And we, you know, have to realize that most of these strong personal convictions that we have this touch-not, taste-not, handle-not ideology and still rejoice, we have really in our minds set up a new set of commandments that, in fact, concerning our personal convictions and preferences. And it's somewhat sad because somewhere... Somewhere between these two extreme viewpoints, we as Christians and and the, the in this questionable matters that is not defined specifically in Scripture, we must accept to live and 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 we must ex- accept to accept each other that may not have our convictions. And judge each other according to what Paul said. Paul warns against the danger in this passage of condemning questionable matters that are not expressly forbidden in Scripture personal convictions, preferences. Charles Spurgeon. I I don't know a preacher alive, no matter what their denomination or faith that doesn't quote him. He believed it was wonderful to smoke a cigar and have a glass of brandy. You don't read it much. You don't see it much. But it's, it's in his biography of his personal conviction and his standards, thought that that was okay. And... But, but he thought it was a, a, a deep, that you were living deep in sin if you went to the theater in his day. And when you read this passage that we read, you know, if you read it closely, we are to receive each other into fellowship with open arms even if we do not have the same convictions and standards and preferences. So you look at convictions, and the second part that Paul talks about is conscience. The apostle Paul could sit and eat meat without his conscience bothering him. But if you remember, Peter could not. Peter had a problem because of his Jewish preference and conviction, the way he was raised. How could he do that? How could Paul eat meat would would, would have been Peter's thought process. He did not have the same convictions and preferences. Even though Paul said I'm a Pharisee of the Pharisees and would taught. Probably knew Jewish law better than Peter did. How could Spurgeon smoke a cigar and drink a glass of brandy or alcohol, and it not bother his conscience. He did not have the same conviction as others. Records show, if you go back and read, records show and and have it that Spurgeon would not fellowship with evangelist Joseph Parker in his day simply because he attended the theater. Paul is very specifically telling us in this passage, one group of believers should not sit in judgment upon another group of believers about questionable matters concerning Christian conduct. Many things that are not expressed and expressly condemned in the Scripture. And I know all the arguments. I know how the Bible is used in order to convince you that they're these folks, we folks that maybe have been raised or whatever your conviction or preference is, how they use the Bible to try to convince you that their, their conviction is scriptural. Their conviction is biblical. Biblical. And yet, in most instances, it's a twist to get it to believe what they are saying. To condemn, you know, to condemn smoking, a glass of wine or a beer, a dress or a pair of slacks on a woman, they'll try to twist in order to say that mixed bathing, a, a pool party, is wrong. They take you to a place to where that if a man's hair is touching his ears and, you know, if if it's on his collar, that that's expressly forbidden in the Scripture. Or if a woman has short hair, oh my goodness, what kind of life are you living apart from the church? And it's on and on and on. And yet, these things ought not To separate believers. The church. I'll go on record this morning. Has no authority to decide questions of personal liberty. In things that are not expressly forbidden in scripture. Look what Paul says in verse 2. For one believes he may eat all things, but he who is weak eats only vegetables. I didn't write that. Paul wrote it. These many gray and questionable areas, however you want to define them, are a matter of personal conviction, preference, and conscience. Most of the time, they are a byproduct, simply, of the way that someone was raised, of what they were taught. And I can fellowship, I came out of a very staunch, legalistic, uh, deno- uh, non-denominational, um, uh, denomination, but non-associated church with any Baptist Association is an independent and I can fellowship with my legalistic brothers and sisters but they have a hard time spending time with me and they find me somewhat repugnant they find me disgusting and that's okay but The fact of the matter is, the third thing that Paul defines here is consideration. We are to be considerate. The point Paul is discussing here is one can eat meat and it's okay. And one cannot eat meat and it's okay. One can observe a holy day and it's okay. And one cannot observe a holy day, and it's okay. Now let's take that somewhere else. One can smoke a cigar. One could drink a glass of wine or have a beer. And I'm not talking drunkenness. But one can wear his hair long. I had an afro that I could tease out and touch on both, all three sides of the door. This bunch puts a picture on the wall about once every three or four years to remind me. One can wear their hair long. One can wear their hair short. One can wear only dresses and put their hair in a bun. And one can wear slacks and it's okay. One can go to a movie, one can eat in a restaurant that serves alcohol, others can choose not to, and it's okay. We must be considerate of everyone's personal conviction and their preferences, and be willing to agree to disagree without being disagreeable. That's the jest of what those 13 verses are saying. You say, but I can prove my convictions are scriptural. Please don't try, because that's what he's saying. It's okay to not agree on questionable gray areas of personal conviction and preference. And yet we want to give God a black eye, the Christian church a black eye by going around as Ryan Massey, I'll never forget his message, said chopping everybody's ears off just like Peter did simply because you don't agree with what I believe. I'm not talking about the fundamentals of the faith. I'm talking about matters of personal conviction, of personal preference, of gray areas, questionable, that we have to twist the scripture in order to show our personal conviction. You may, you may not understand, but we must be considerate is what Paul is just telling us here in this passage. We're to just love one another. We're to get along for the sake of the gospel. How many of our family members do we not see in church because of the things we argue about? When we agree on the gospel of Christ, the death, the burial, the resurrection... And yet they are not in church because of our preference, our convictions, our standards. How many people are not in church, period, that are Christians because they've had their ears cut off over areas of convictions and preference and standards? You may disapprove of my beliefs and conduct in these doubtful areas, and that's okay. And I may disapprove of yours, and that's okay. I don't have to give an account to you, is what Paul said. Look at what he said specifically. We shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Why do you judge your brother? He specifically asked that question. Or why do you show contempt for your brother? Wow. Because every knee is going to bow and every tongue is going to confess. Not to you, not to me, but to the Lord. And so we must realize that we have to be considerate. Uh, We must allow the Holy Spirit to do His job in convicting and convincing folks of their personal conviction and their personal preference. He states it in verse 5, let every man be fully persuaded in his own mind. It's awful quiet. Let me use myself this morning and you can criticize me instead of someone else. You may disapprove of my beliefs and conduct in these doubtful areas and that's okay. Okay. I don't have to give an account to you. And you know what? You likewise don't have to give an account to me. I'm not your master. And you're not mine. We both are going to be responsible to the Lord someday and stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Now there comes a time we must be considerate of each other's beliefs. If I smoked, and I don't, I used to. I used to smoke three cool packs of cools a day. It's the closest thing I can get to Pot. Let's be honest. But if I smoked and I don't, I would not come and visit you in your house or maybe at your church and smoke there. But don't condemn someone that does smoke in their own house. Paul here is really stating the law of liberty that we have as a result of grace. To eat meat, to not eat meat. To observe holidays, to not observe holidays. And all the different customs of preference and conviction. If you want to dance, please dance. I won't criticize you for dancing or mixed bathing. If you can participate in whatever it is that is your personal conviction or preference, or you don't have those preferences and conviction and can maintain a relationship with Christ, who am I or anyone else to judge you? That's what he says. Or to condemn. I'll close with this illustration. Peter, it is known, lived in Capernaum. If you understand the geography that was far away from jerusalem over the mountain and down into the toward the sea of galilee and john lived in jerusalem which if you stand across from jerusalem across the kidron valley from the mount into the mount of olives you can stare into jerusalem and if we know our Bible and you understand the geography, I'll, I'm trying to give you a picture. They come and got Jesus that night in Gethsemane while in the Mount of Olives. There, across that valley from the Mount of Olives, you can see Jerusalem in the Eastern Gate. You can see a place that is called the Church of the Cock Crowing. This is the place where Peter went and denied the Lord that he knew not once, but three times. It's my belief that Peter should have not gone there that night. He should have went the opposite direction toward the Sea of Galilee and probably gone home. John, who was there also when they came and got the Lord, we know because they all fell asleep when he asked them to pray. John, on the other hand, went that way. He obviously did because it was on his way home. He was known, in fact, in the palace of the high priest, the Bible tells us. He went there and did not deny the Lord. It was all right for John to be there, but it wasn't all right for Peter. Why? Why? Because of the temptation, maybe their past, maybe their personal convictions, maybe their preferences. How is it that we as Christians cannot get along and agree to disagree without being disagreeable and not hurting the name of Christ? That's a question we're all going to have to answer someday when we stand before the Lord. If for no other reason, because if you've now heard and read this passage, we know better. It's not my words, it's God's word. And as I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me and every tongue shall confess to God. And so then each of us, he's talking to Christian people, not you here this morning who are those that have never become a follower or put your faith and trust in Christ. He's talking to us Christians. We shall give an account of ourselves to God based on this passage and the way we treat other people by judging and condemning. Wow. It is written every tongue shall confess and every knee shall bow. Therefore let us not judge one another anymore but rather resolve this not to put a stumbling block. <laughs> or a cause to fall in our brother's way. He's not talking about the unsaved, though it applies. He's talking about causing our brethren to fall by putting a stumbling block. On the other hand, if you are not a follower of Christ. The kid's story, God sent his only son, came born of a virgin, lived, become the sinless sacrifice, died on a cross so that you can have eternal life. Ninety-nine times in the book of John it says believe. Believe. That word is translated to trust, to put your faith and trust in Christ and believe that he died for your sins so that you might have eternal life and not burn in hell someday. Not all this that we make out by our list of do's and don'ts. Of this makes you spiritual and this doesn't. What makes you spiritual is you having a relationship with Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit to convict you of the areas that become your personal convictions not my personal convictions being forced on you. Because at that point in time, that individual that tries to force those on you is trying to be God and the Holy Spirit in your life. When it's the Holy Spirit that convicts us as followers of Christ. If you're here this morning and you don't know Christ, please forgive us if we have put a stumbling block in front of you with our convictions and our preferences that make way more than the cross in your eyes. Because what we really want to take you to is the cross where that Christ died for your sins. And if you will just simply put your faith and trust in that act of his resurrection, you'll spend eternity based on the truth of the gospel, of what Paul preaches in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 1 through 7. Let's stand.